Well, good morning again, and thank you for joining us online today. And uh, it's good to be with you in this way, and isn't it awesome that we can do this? So I'm just very thankful for uh, the ability to come to you online. Uh, No matter what's happening around us, we can always uh, connect in this way, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, So we're going to talk today about serving and what it means to serve and why we're called to serve and how we find life when we serve. And I just was thinking about this. Uh, For some reason in my house all the time, it seems like uh, meals surprise us, I guess, at times, or or that we we always kind of come to that question, well, what do, you, what do you want to do? And I don't know, what do you want to do? What do you want to eat? I don't know. It's not that we don't necessarily plan sometimes. Sometimes we just don't plan all the way or we don't want to use what we have to make what we know that we should or things like that or it's been a long day or all these kind of things uh, come together. But then every once in a while, it's one of these things where uh, it's almost like that TV show Chopped. You know, you're opening the cabinet and you're going, okay, well, I've got three of these and one of these and two. Can we make anything that anybody will eat? Out of this, and and sometimes that's a lot of fun, and sometimes that can be frustrating at times. But really, it kind of leads me to this question: as we think about serving, is what have I been given to use? What is it that I have that I can actually use to accomplish what it is that I'm wanting to accomplish? Uh, It's like I said, I'm kind of reminded about that every time it's time to eat around our house, but you know, in, innovation is really the ability to use what you have to accomplish what it is that you need to do. And, and so that's what it means to be really innovative. And, and in my mind, it's a, it's a form of creativity when people can just look at something and say, okay, this is what I have to use, and this is what I need to do. Let's see how we can make this happen. Because it's not all the time that we're going to have everything that we think we need to make everything happen that we think should happen. And sometimes we even get things that we have no idea why we have these things or why we've been given these things. We used to have a gift that would make its way around my siblings, uh, and it was it was a fruit cake that somebody would freeze every year and stick into this really horrendous pitcher that nobody wanted to use to pour anything or put anything in, but it became this gag gift every Christmas. But the first time that somebody got it, they opened it up and looked at it like, what, what in the world is this and what am I ever going to do with that? And it's kind of funny to me to think how they took that gag gift and then each year they started moving it around to where it became the kind of thing where you're almost looking forward to who's going to get that this year. And it, it brought joy and it brought fun uh, to Christmas at my house. It wasn't anything that anybody thought that they wanted at first, but then it became one of the most talked about things every Christmas of who was going to get this thing. And one year when one of the siblings decided they were done with that joke and threw it away, they incurred the wrath of all the other siblings because they were like, oh man, nobody's going to get this anymore. That was kind of fun. So you can take anything that you have, and when you give those things to the Lord, and when you look at, okay, what what is it that I can do with this? God can begin to do incredible things, and that's why we're talking about serving as well. We're reminded in Scripture in the book of James that every good and perfect gift is from above. It's coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. So God gives us these gifts. He gives us these things that we can use to serve and to live life and to find life. But the key is, how are we going to use those things? What do we do with those things to make them into something useful? I want to bring our attention to the book of Matthew 
and the parable of the talents that Jesus tells us. It starts in verse 14 and it says this of chapter 25. For it's just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Now that's a, that's a phrase that we just don't like to hear in today's world, but that's what it says right here. He gave to each as they could handle it. And then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached and presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. What a great principle. You were faithful with what I gave you, and so I'm going to give you more to be faithful with. Verse 22, the man with two talents approached, and he said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. He didn't say he griped that he only got two talents. He said that he just took what he had, and he used it. And he earned two more talents. And his master said to him the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, have what is yours. His master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and I would have received my money back with interest when I've returned. So so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has, for to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw this good for nothing servant into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that's harsh. That's a pretty harsh story where Jesus has given an example of what happens when we choose to take the things that we have and put them into practice or when we choose to take the things that we have and we just don't do anything with it. We, we bury them. We come up with excuses. We have reasons why. We have, well, I can't do that in this season or man, this is just can't happen because of this or I, can't, I don't know because of this or man, this is gonna happen. And, and then it's just like, no, we're just gonna get past this. But the bottom line that I want you to gather from this story is not necessarily the harshness of it, But just understand that God has given me gifts. God's given me gifts. God's given you gifts. God's given each and every one of us gifts. He's given us gifts in accordance to what we can handle at the time. And there's a story here that lets us know that when we're faithful with what we've been given, then after we have been faithful with these things, God will continue to bless us with more things to be faithful with. You see, we all have giftedness. And the way often that we find out what our gifts are is by actually doing something with them. It's by using them, by putting them into practice. And even even if you have those times where you're trying to figure out those things in life that I don't know if I like this, I don't know if I'm good at this, I don't know if I can do this, you realize that there's almost as much value in discovering 
where you may not have strong gifts as much as there is strength in finding out that these are the things that I'm good at. You have to actually do something to discover these things. Because the truth is, you and I are not good at everything. Often we wish we were, but we're not. And there are times when we all have to, however, do things that we're not the best at, but that helps me appreciate others even more. So this isn't about, I'm going to find my gifts and I'm only going to do the things I'm good at. No, no, that's not, that's not it at all. Sometimes we have to do things that we're not good at because that's what the circumstances and the season requires of us at the time. But it helps me appreciate those who have giftedness in this area when I'm having to do things that are pretty tedious for me or difficult. But you know how I know that those things are difficult for me? Because I actually do them. I don't just run away from them at times, and that's what we should approach. And then there's things that just come naturally to me, and there's things that come naturally to you. And when you get to work in that giftedness, it's a pretty incredible thing to see those things come to life. You see, it's not just the fact that we have the gifts, it's what we do with them, because what I do with them matters. That's what we need to understand. What I do with my gifts matters. This parable of the talents It really gives us a use it or lose it reality check, doesn't it? I mean, it's just the truth of it. If you're actually going to use it, then when you use it and you're faithful with these things, then God provides and he continues to, to see the faithfulness and he rewards the faithfulness. He rewards those who are making the effort to do the things. But if we choose not to use it, and if we don't do anything with it, it also, this parable also gives us a, a, a hey, if, if we're not going to use it, we're going to lose it. But it gives us also a use it and watch it grow promise, doesn't it? So it gives us not only a negative, but it gives us a positive. When I choose to use the things that God gives me, then it grows into something incredible. You see, in, in Romans, Paul writes it this way about our gifts. According to the grace given to us. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. In teach, if teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. You see, God's given us gifts. He's given us different gifts. And we need to understand the differences that are there are there for a purpose. You see, my gifts are unique. That means that since I understand that my gifts are unique, then here's what you need to understand with that. I am valued and I am needed. I'm valued and I'm needed. My gifts are unique and therefore I'm valued and I'm needed to do the things that I'm gifted at and the things that I will be faithful with and the things that I will see all the way through. Those are the things that I'm valued and needed at. If we spend our life just running around, not ever completing anything or not being faithful with it or not using it, then we never know these type of things. But here's the truth. You are the only one with the makeup of giftedness and experience and knowledge and ability. You're the only one that sits like that. Yeah, sure, 
You may have people who do similar things than you. You may have people who have similar experiences than you. But you truly are the only one that God has made this way, that he's gifted this way, that's given you the experiences you have, that's given you the knowledge that you have, that's given you the abilities that you have. That's you. And so, therefore, you are the best person for the job that God has prepared for you. That needs to sink into all of our hearts. You are the best person for the job that God has prepared for you. You do realize that there's an opposite to that as well, right? You're not the best person for the jobs that God has not prepared for you. Well, pastor, how am I going to know which ones he's prepared for me and which ones he's not? We'll get to work. I have discovered along the way by trying to do some things that there are some things that God has uniquely gifted and crafted me for. And it's pretty awesome when those things happen. And I've realized that there are times that I get into things and I go, I am not the best person for this. Now, like I said before, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't mean that I just get to quit and walk away. Sometimes it means that I need to get on the lookout and find some people who can come alongside and can do these things better than me. You, you may not be the only person that can do the job, but you may be the only one who can do the job like you. And so that's something that we need to understand. We may all be working on the same thing, but we're all going to do it just a little bit different with a little bit different perspective and a little bit different background. And so even, even though your job may look similar to others, in reality, each one is unique. In, in Ephesians, Paul writes about this giftedness as well. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Let me just say that phrase again. By the proper working of each individual part, each part does its work and the whole body then begins to grow and to begin to come every, become everything that it needs to be. So truly the best way to discover your gifts is to put them into action, is to get to work. And then when you begin to put your gifts into action, you begin to know yourself. And when you begin to know yourself, you can then better yourself. You know, and here's another truth I know that some of you have experienced. There are some things that I used to be really good at and I no longer am. But there are some things that I used to not be really good at and I'm okay at those now. And I'm improving. We have seasons. We have life where it grows. And when we try to just put our own self in just one little place and go, well, this is all I can do or this is what I'm here for, we miss out on the great things that God may be preparing for us in the future as well. You see, when we get into things and we're just trusting God, saying, God, I just want to follow you. I want to find out where my giftedness and I want to serve so that I can find the life that you have for me because your word tells me that you've prepared things in advance for me to do. And when I do those things, that's when I'm connected with you. That's, that's the life I want. Then we need to understand that as we get into these things, they may not be everything that we think they're going to be at first. But when we stick with those things, we begin to see God do something with that. See, so that's when we really need to trust that God will provide. Because God has not just gifted you, and this isn't just a message to remind all of us that we're gifted. It's also a message to remind us that everyone around us has also been gifted. And God wants to use them. And God put us here so that we can have a right relationship with him. 
and we can have a right relationship with others. There's an interdependence that God created us with that brings life to its fullest when we learn to live life together, loving and appreciating the giftedness of others as others do that to you as well. It's an incredible way to live. And when we begin to live that way, then whatever God has put before us to accomplish, it will be accomplished. We have that promise in Scripture, Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. That's, that's the promise that we have, that if God is doing the work through us, then God's going to see that work through. So why is it that sometimes we don't put our gifts in action or, or we don't find that life in serving? Well, as we see from the example of our parable, sometimes we come up with all great excuses. Sometimes those excuses are based on us. Sometimes those excuses are pointed at others. You know, there, there's all kinds of reasons that we sometimes look and go, well, I can't get this done because I don't have everything that I need. Can I just give you a word of advice? Focus on what you have and not on what you don't. Because every time that we focus on what we don't, then it's going to lead us to where we're not going to take action. But when we come to the place and we go, okay, this is what I have to work with, and I can do this much at least, I can get these things done. You know, there's a great leadership principle that Andy Stanley uses all the time, so I can give him credit for it. I know where it comes from. He, he says, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Don't use the excuse that I can't do this for everybody so that I'm not gonna do it for anybody. Um, but just flip that around and say, no, I'm going to do for one person what I wish I could do for everybody. You know, sometimes we think that our service doesn't matter because it's not on this grand scale. And, and one of the things that stands out to me as such a positive in this parable is there's a reason I believe that Jesus didn't just say there was a guy with five talents and a guy with one talent. Because then you would have the haves and the have nots. But he puts this two talent person right in the middle of that story. That has to make you think, well, well what, was, what was up with this person? Because he didn't get all of the things that this five-talent person got, and he certainly didn't get left out like the one person, but here's a person who was just right in the middle. He didn't have everything that somebody else had to work with, but yet he was faithful with it anyway. And what was the promise that came to him? The promise that came to the two-talent man was the same promise that came to the five-talent man. When he actually got to work with what he had and he did something with this, then God blessed him and God saw his faithfulness and that's what God is looking for with us. So we can't spend our time saying, well, I can't do this because I don't have what they have or I can't do what he can do or, man, I just don't have that gift that that person has. God's gifted you and God wants to put you to work. And even if there are several people working on the same thing, God can still use your giftedness to bring more to the table with this type of thing because that's another excuse we have. Well, somebody else is already doing that or somebody else already has that. The more the merrier on some of these things because some people are only doing that while God's raising up someone else that they can hand it off to so they can go do something else. So this, this idea of serving, this command, if you will, in Scripture, and this, this command that leads us to life is that God has given us things to do. And God has given us giftedness and talent and ability to be able to do those things. And I say this often, but I just love to remind people of this. It's not because God's waiting up there because he can't do things on his own. God invites us to join him. And so we find life when we join God in the things that he is doing. God loves us so much, let this sink in. God loves us so much 
that he invites us to work alongside him. God has given me the talents and the ability to be able to come along and actually do something. It's not someone else's job to always do and my job just to receive and to get these. No, I get to actually do something. So what is it? Where is it that God has gifted you? You see, do what you can do and and get to work with it. Don't spend excuses focusing on what you don't have. Work with what you have. And that's where you'll begin to find life. So the truth here is that serving is an act of love and worship. When we we serve others, when we find that we're able to do things that bless other people, it's an act of love toward them and toward God, and it's also an act of worship. We get to worship through serving. And so that's that's really what we're going to be doing next week. Now, this isn't all a message just to get people to sign up for Serve Sunday, but we have an actual opportunity to put this into practice next week. And serving can be an act of love and worship in our community. Worship is not just the simple fact of gathering together or online and coming together and singing and hearing a message in this. We can worship God in so many ways when we do this. So I'm going to ask Matt to come up here for just a minute because Matt and our missions committee have been working on Serve Sunday. I know a lot of you have some questions about, well, what is this Serve Sunday? What are you talking about? What's this going to be like? What are we going to do um, on Serve Sunday? And so, Matt, just kind of give us just a general overview, just real simple, real quick. You know, what's Serve Sunday? What are we looking at doing? Why are we doing this? Well, uh, that's a great question. Serve Sunday is an opportunity uh, just for us to come together and to love on our community. Um, You know, we have a lot of church partners here that we give to financially. um, And this is an opportunity even for us to give back to them. Um, but also to maybe some of the clients that they're serving and stuff like that. And so it's a time for our church just to come together uh, and to spend in service. And it's hard finding uh, that time sometimes. And so that was where really that, uh, I guess, kind of came into play was we thought, hey, well, let's take a Sunday and let's just spend some time as a church working together. Uh, And I think there's something rewarding about serving with one another. uh, And it's something that we can get excited about. That's good. So what should we expect then next week when we show up? What's going to be happening? What's it going to look like? Well, when you, look, when you show up next Sunday, it's going to look like uh, it's, going to, it's going to be exciting and all that kind of stuff. Caleb's going to be leading us in uh, just a quick time. You'll come to the church, uh, I believe, at 9 a.m., and then we will be going uh, out to our service projects at 9.30. But as you show up, uh, you'll pretty much already know what project you're, you're being assigned to. Uh, you'll pick up your shirt, and then even from there, um, we may give you a few more instructions or if we have supplies that we need to send with you over to your site. Um, but we have sites that are scattered across, uh, all across Parker County as of right now. So there's not necessarily anything that we need to bring unless you instruct us in advance that there's something that we need to bring. Correct. This week, our mission team, uh, our mission team has been working hard on pulling together all of the projects, and this week they're uh, kind of putting the final details into here are the items that we may need or this, and so we'll start contacting people if we need help with some tools or stuff like that. Um, the only thing I would probably say you, you ought to bring with you is just a pair of work gloves or something like that um, that you want, and if you feel comfortable, a mask or whatever. Okay. So I know uh, after doing mission trips, and you've been on mission trips with me and other things like that, that truly when you're doing mission work, I know the truth about it is 
okay, we really don't know what we're doing until the day of, until what we're doing right there. So it's hard to say in advance in detail what we're doing. But just in general, what are some of the things that people uh, might be doing this next week? Well, especially after the last year that we had, we really wanted to focus on us having something for pretty much everybody. And so uh, if you're somebody that is, is not able to come even to the church, um, we're going to have something for you specifically, um, a time of prayer and some other ways that you can serve uh, and give back. And then um, even here at the church, like I know here at the church, we're actually having Texas Baptist Mission that's coming in uh, and packing uh, hygiene kits that get used in um, in response to disasters a lot. Uh, but then even in our community, we have things all, all across the board from painting, tearing down sheds, uh, yard work, uh, pretty much anything that you can think of right now. That's great. That's great. Well, awesome. Thank you, Matt, uh, for that. And thanks to the uh, missions committee who's putting this stuff together. And like I said, that's just one example because the truth is serving's more than just one Sunday. And so God has gifted each one of us, and we get to come together and we get to do these things. But also, I would just encourage you to be praying about, okay, well, how's God wired me, and what is it that I can actually do? Because the truth of all that we've been saying, and really about all that it means to be a follower of Christ, is that we want to live out what the Bible says. It's not just about knowing more about it. It's not just about believing more and gaining more knowledge about God. It's actually putting these things into practice. And so it truly is a great opportunity to come alongside others and to work together in that. But I also just want to encourage you to think about how has God wired me to actually serve, to actually do something, to, to give back. And it doesn't matter if you've been a follower of Christ for a week or for 100 years. God can use your giftedness as you're willing to give that back to him, and you can find life as you begin to do that. I want to pray for us this morning as we close up our service.